Hey, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about a place where dreams are made. If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get into the studio, finally get around to recording, maybe it's a single, an EP or an album, something you might have been talking about for a few years now, Bangers and Moss Studios in Hardy's Bay on the central coast of New South Wales is a place for you. Bob Trigg, he runs the show there. We only just recently had him on the podcast uh, a few months ago. The studio was completed in July of last year. That's 2022, so it's pretty spanking new and offers a comfortable and relaxed space. He's got all the gear there as well, so you don't really have to bring anything. He's got the drums, guitars, amps, the whole lot. It's ideal for bands, singers-songwriters, even for people like me, podcasters. Anyone who really wants to make a noise... It's all happening at Bangers and Mosh Studio. Say good day to Bob. Head to bangersandmosh.com. That's bangers with a Z. Now it's time for today's episode. Let's go, boys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting it on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, if you're a regular listener, thank you very much. If it's your first time here, this podcast is all about interviewing musicians, people in the industry, whoever I can get my hands on. I bring on the show and have a chat. Last week we had Millen Colin. The week before that we had Tim Vantel. Uh, all the way from Germany. Week before that was Lincoln Lefever. Feeling good about January. We've had some pretty good acts on, and uh, I'm really stoked that I'm able to chat to these people and pick their brains about whatever they want to talk about. Today is a cool one. Sam Schumach. He's a busy guy, so he is in the band Fangs. We have had Josh, the singer, on the show before, but Sam is the creator of Fangs. He was the guy that got the band together. Uh, he also plays in another band called Seams, and he's a very, very busy guy. He does a lot of stuff. He's got the two bands. He's got his day job. He loves a bit of fishing. We spoke about, obviously, the bands, the potential of a tour this year, the chance of a new album on the way, maybe. I'm trying to tease this as best as I can. Uh, I think I just gave it away, though. So, so uh, yeah, there might be some new music on the way. Anyways, you'll have to wait and listen. Um, and we chat about the cool job that he's got. So he has crazy hours like I do. He gets up really early in the morning before the sun's up. And uh, we also have a chat about quitting smoking. Yes, I used to be a filthy, rotten smoker. And, uh, and so did Sam. And... Uh, <laughs> We chat about like his story, how he got off the cigarettes and how I did it and what worked and what doesn't work. And anyways, um, if you're a smoker, this is not about telling you to quit or give up because I hate people like that. They sort of just stick it in your face. Um, I actually still don't mind the smell of cigarettes whenever there's one around me. I just don't have one. Anyways, back to the episode. We also talk about... This is quite nice. We haven't had this on the show yet, but we talk about engagement. Sam got engaged and I also got engaged. We got engaged over the Christmas period. So I quiz him on how he did it, how he hid the ring because the box is so big. They don't tell you this sort of stuff. 
they just sort of give it to you and go, good luck. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, that's enough talking. Let's bring him on, Sam Schumach. He is the founding member of Fangs, and he also plays in a band called Seams. Sweet. <laughs> Sam, how are you, man? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Pretty good. What were you doing today? Uh, so one of my mates, um, Cam Langley, um, he, he used to play in a band called Mofo and a bunch of other ones. Um, and yeah, he was just he just wanted me to come in and make some fucking whale noises, <laughs> noises on a track that he was doing. So yeah. <laughs> I had to ask because yeah, when you told me last night that you were doing uh, whale sounds, so uh what sort of track is he making? Uh, it, it's like a droney sludgy thing, and he just wanted some weird guitar stuff. Then he thought I'd be a good guy for that. So yeah, yeah, knocked it over pretty quickly, and he was happy. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> pretty busy day for you as well. You're up early, just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start work generally at like four in the morning, just so I beat the heat. Because so, um, Jamil and I from Fangs, we run like a street postering company. Okay. Yeah, so we start at like four in the morning just to beat all the heat and stuff like that, beat the council workers so that they've got something to pull down for the day and it's done. <laughs> so that's cool. So tell me about that job. Yeah, just putting up band posters, really, sticking them straight over bill posters will be prosecuted signs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon I saw you doing that. Well, I think you were both in the car just on your Instagram and you were driving somewhere in the inner west, I think. And, uh, yeah. So, that's... yeah. <laughs> so you guys spent heaps of time together then. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've probably seen more of each other. Well, you know, with the exception of him in recent times because he's recently a dad, but I've definitely spent more time in a car or a van with anyone, with him than more than anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's a cool job, though. How did you get into that? Uh, so a mutual friend of ours, um, Chris Penny from Private Function, um, that like he was being flown up. So it's a Melbourne based company called Plackett. Um, and he has been flown up weekly to stick posters up all over Sydney from Melbourne. Um, and yeah, so then he recruited Jamil and then, yeah, I jumped on board shortly after cause I was living with Jamil and was sick of driving Ubers. So yeah, jumped on that. Yeah. I've been doing it now, what, almost six years, I think, or six, seven years, something like that. Yeah. Nice. Do you like the hours? Like you get used to it, eh? Cause I'm up at, um, I'm up at two 30 in the morning, which is ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah, um, it, it, this is for radio, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm up at two thirty, and then I'm in the car, and I live pretty close to the freeway. It's pretty dangerous now that I actually I'm about to say it out loud. But I wake up, I get up out of bed, I jump in the shower, chuck clothes, and I'm straight on the freeway because I live right near the freeway. So I'm like, yeah. like yeah. within like ten minutes of me actually waking up in the morning, I'm already going 110. There's no lube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's straight in, no lube. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, like I don't mind the hours because I get um all this time to do other stuff like podcasts and music and totally. stuff in the Arvo. So yeah, is, yeah. That, is that the same for you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like so. I also like I'll, I'll change it up and I'll work nights instead. Like I'll start at seven p.m., finish at like two or three in the morning, kind of thing. It just whatever we've got during the week and stuff, and yeah. Yeah, just keep it interesting, kind of thing. Do you have heaps of posters left over and stuff? Like you, you know, how, what sort of bands are you putting them out for? Oh, literally anyone. Like yeah, like all the big touring acts and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, Minor Figures, Oat Milk, 
um, and up banking got us through the pandemic pretty much single-handedly. <laughs> a lot of alternative oat milk and stuff like that. <laughs> Not so many bands over that period. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that's good. I'm glad you had something to deliver. Um, so you and Jamil, you started Fangs because obviously we had Josh on the on the podcast as well um, last yeah. year. He was telling us the story of sort of like he was thinking about doing some sort of country acoustic sort of stuff and then you guys heard him and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. So basically um, Woody, the drummer, uh, Jamil and I all used to play in a band called The Lockhearts Um, and, you know, that band was kind of active for like five, six years. We did a lot of touring around Australia, went to the UK and Europe, did a really good tour and then it all went to shit. Um, we met the, uh, we were like dropping our splitter van off at Heathrow airport and we're all bummed out kind of thing, sitting there at the airport, just waiting for a guy to meet us to pick up the van. And, um, this other tour van pulls in and they're like, Oh dudes, you okay? You look so bummed out. And I'm like, Oh, who the fuck are you? And, and the guy turns around and he's like, Oh, we're the cancer bats. We're just going to play download. Fuck your old band. Just form a new band. Call it the airports. Play punk rock. Have heaps of fun. So, yeah, we came back and then just started writing straight away. Um, went and did some demos and stuff. And then, yeah, shortly after, Jamil was just typing singer into Google and found Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, was he the first one that popped up? Uh, it wasn't the first one, but like it didn't take long. Yeah, it was. It was just like you know, we we found like Jamil did the the stalk and found him on um, socials and stuff, and found his old band, and we're like, whoa, fuck, that's probably going to be our guy. Yeah. And yeah, we got him in for the audition, and like you know, we just had like we had whole songs written without vocals, sort of thing, and he ju- he just spat some melodies, and within the first ten seconds, he was doing cartwheels and stuff, and we're like, well. Fuck, that's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fascinating story because sometimes that doesn't work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's... dig through the paper and try and find someone and they turn up and they're, you know, just, fucked. Just finding a good singer is hard enough as it is. So, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's got a set of pipes on him as well. And he was telling me the um the story about how you guys did like a re- – made your own residency in the inner west. Yeah, that's how we launched the band. Yeah, we just um booked Hideaway uh, every uh, – Friday in April and yeah, had a line down the street every week, um, did a different cover each week and new song. And yeah, it was just a really good way to launch the band, like just carnage every show. And then yeah, the movement really stayed that way until um COVID fucked us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What was it sort of like for you guys? With with the band, like I hate to think how many shows we cancelled like in total. Like even even in 2022, like I think the the first tour post we put out was like 30 shows or something we ended up doing like 12 of them i think <laughs> like yeah it's just you know we did some cool stuff like you know we did a um we made our own hot sauce um with the help of a good friend um doug from um papa peaches up from, from your way okay um, on the coast yeah 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 he's uh, uh yeah i think he's a bit further up now but yeah he's he's great yeah, so we did a hot, hot sauce and just a few other dumb things like did a video series and stuff in our warehouse. And, yeah, so we, we're still productive through it. But, yeah, definitely cancelling shows took its toll on us. And uh, obviously the band had, like, the music videos in lockdown. They kept going too. Yeah, yeah, we kept them going. Yeah, just anything to try and stay relevant through it all. And, yeah, we got through, so here we are. You're pretty busy as well. You're not just doing fangs, but um, you're in seams as well. And um, how are things in that department? 
Yeah, good. So um seems like it's um it's really sporadic with that band. We'll just do like a few shows a year kind of thing. Um like last year we went over to the UK um to play just one big festival, which was sick. It was called Arc Tangent. Um, and then we came back and then we went on to Sleep Makes Waves, which was great. Um, and then this year we're heading over again in May for a couple more festivals over the UK and Europe and then doing a bit of a tour around there as well. Um, yeah, so with that band, it's just kind of really sporadic. Like we don't rehearse until, you know, a week before the gig and we'll just do two. And then <laughs> <just go. laughs> I'll tell you, like when it, when it comes to rehearsing and getting prepared for a gig, I think I over-rehearse. I just get a bit, I never feel, yeah. even when I'm on stage, I never feel that I'm 100% ready to be on stage. Like even yeah. though I over-rehearse, you know, do you get yeah. like that? Not so much anymore. With seems it's kind of like, because the music's so complicated, you can't just rock up to a rehearsal and think you'll remember it. So, like, it, you know, it'll take me six weeks prior to the tour to get the set kind of match ready, I guess, and then the rehearsal's just to iron out the creases rather than rehearsing for a show, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a completely different approach. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of dig it. It's, you know, it's it's a lot different to Fangs where you're, like, rehearsing as a group of four dudes for a show rather than just ironing out creases. Um, and your guitar playing. Tell me about the early days. What was the first guitar you had? My first guitar was an Ashton AG 141, I think it was. This big brown piece of shit. <laughs> I, it weighed more than my Gibson Les Paul Custom. Yeah. Um, sounded terrible. And then, yeah, went went on to bought like some Ibanezes and ESPs and, you know, shreddy wanky guitars. And then, you know, grew up a little bit, started playing strats. And then I went on to play classical guitar for five years at university. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I've kind of done a bit of everything. Sort of found my nation just playing dumb riffs and then just making fucked up noises and playing <laughs> math rock kind of stuff. <laughs> That's sick. You know, I'd only guess just from the riffs I've heard you play, you were sort of brought up heavy rock. It was punk music. What were you listening to? Uh, Sabbath and Purple were like probably my big two, I guess. And they're so riff-based, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sabbath and Purple are like, you know, the two bands which really fucking kicked my ass. And then... If if I went back a bit further, you know, you have that stage where you're like, before you even, like, I started playing guitar when I was 14, but, you know, I would have been listening to bands like Blink-182 and Offspring and Korn and stuff like that from, like, yeah. 11 to, like, 14. So I guess those bands were the ones that pushed me to play guitar, and that's where that fang thing, I think, comes from because you get those, you know, big hooky choruses with just power chords and dumb riffs kind of thing. I guess that's the mishmash. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just, just as you were saying that, I was just thinking about how so, it was such a funny time then, wasn't it? Like System of a Down, Corn, then you had like yeah. Blink on 82 and Green Day, and everyone was massive and everyone like played the same festivals. It was just like this intertwined, like, you know, punk, heavy metal kind totally. of genre that was just mixing and they all got along. They were all friends. They all played the same festivals. It was, it was yeah. a crazy time. Totally. So, yeah, I, that was the one band I forgot, System of a Down. Like, you know, they were, they were the first band, like, you know, I want to play learn every single song on guitar kind of thing. And, you know, then I started teaching myself them. So, they, you know, all those dumb, tricky riffs and that Middle Eastern kind of sound and, you know, all those flavours. 
I love a system of down. I was uh, watching a video of Rick Rubin. Yep. Have you seen the video where he's like talking about how he was working with System of a Down and they didn't have a bridge for Chop Suey? And he's like, go over to my bookshelf and grab the first book you see, pull it down, open it up, whatever's on the first page that you point at, sing that. And that's the bridge he sings. Really? Yeah. It's it's like that, why have you forsaken me in your yeah. arms? Oh, mental. That was yeah. the first thing that he pressed his finger on. And um, Rick's it's weird, eh? And Rick says in the interview that it sort of makes sense to the song, but I've never really gone back through the lyrics and had a listen and 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 checked if it does make sense. But it's just wild how things like that happen. That's so cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out after this. <laughs> hey, you um, you were you were crowd surfing on Friday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dead Loves Life show. That was, yeah, <laughs> so that good. Yeah, just had to go for a bit of a surf scene that I can't actually surf. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was cool. And um, a bit of sweet, I'm sure, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I grew up with all those guys, really, playing in different bands back in the day. Um, yeah, like Stevie had Evolution Zero, Clint had um, Third Cycle, Miles had the Sidetrack Fiasco, and we all played, you know, gigs together back, you know, prior 2010 kind of thing so you know it was, yeah it was sad to see the band go but you know they sent it off the well they played fucking sick and you know what a legacy they brought for like you know live music in sydney like always bring the party to work their asses off did well like good on them do you know why they've decided to pull the pin um you know there are like stevie's so busy as a producer kind of thing clint's like doing really well in marketing like um at yh and stuff like that miles is a busy dude too like i think you know they just got to the point i guess you know it's better to quit while you're ahead i assume but yeah <laughs> i never actually asked them but that's just what i assume and you did a bit of work with them, like were you doing some road roadie stuff? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went on tour with them early on as their guitar tech, and yeah, TM kind of thing. Like that was super early in the day, um, which was good for me because that was when I first started getting into doing that sort of work. And they threw me the bone, and yeah, trust me to do it. So yeah, that was good fun. I can't. What that must have been like twenty fourteen, something like that. And this year with Fangs. What are you? What are you thinking? Where obviously you're a bit tied up with seams because you're going on tour and stuff. Yeah, so that's only in May, fortunately. So um, with Fangs, uh, we've got one show announced. It's in Albury on like I think it's like the 10th of March, off the top of my head. But we're dropping a new single around then. So nice. we record, we recorded two new singles late last year with um, Tim from Loser down in Melbourne. Nice. Yeah, so we recorded them. Uh, we'll be doing two split seven inches with a couple of bands yet to be announced, obviously. I'm probably telling way too much here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll be yeah we'll be playing shows again, like just nothing in May, but there'll be definitely a couple of shows in, in March. And then, yeah, we'll be touring again properly, like come June and the rest of the year. And also doing an album, I should say, with Tim. Oh, yeah. brilliant. So yeah. you've got the two in the bag, they'll be singles, and then you'll probably have an album out this year, next year? Uh, we'll start. And so I think the idea is recording at like July, August, somewhere around there, and have aim to have the first single out by the end of the year. Yeah, nice. 
Yeah. And yeah, we've got some dumb ideas for um, tours and stuff like that for later in the year, but I won't give them away because somebody will do it before us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, on Friday, we were having a chat about addiction. Yeah. Smoking addiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was really just picking your brain about all that sort of stuff. You know, I find it fascinating how people, how people give up. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling you that I suffered because it was like, um, it was tough going cold Turkey, but you had another way that really worked for you. Yeah. So I got on the, um, it's called quit stop. It's like this all natural alternative to Champix. And yeah, basically like I don't, I'd only just joined the Lockhart's and, um, yeah, we're, me and Jamila got along great from day one kind of thing. We're drinking and just partying heaps and having a really good time. And I'm like, fuck, I'm the only smoker in this band. I can't be the guy in the van that, like, smokes in the van or needs to get out of the car every fucking 45 minutes to have a lung biscuit kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I found this stuff. Like, a friend recommended it to me. And, like, yeah, it's like a weird lozenge kind of thing. You have it and it basically changes the way you taste cigarettes and yeah they end up tasting fucking terrible um after a few days kind of thing and yeah i literally haven't had one since like it's been since 2015 april 2015 wow yeah because we've got this app right and just my quit buddy so mine is 2192 yeah. days i haven't had a cigarette i haven't had a puff like nothing yeah and then at the top it says i've saved forty two thousand. And 90 bucks. Where the fuck is that money? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. But I think you had like 30, is it 30 something? 2,843 days. And yeah, $33,000 roughly. Crazy, hey. <laughs> That's also when Siggy's were only $20 a pack too. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know how I afforded it back then. Like even even though it was a little cheaper, when I think back on it, I'm just like I was pro- I was smoking every day, and I was smoking probably close to thirty in the end. Yeah, it's so fucked up, eh? It's just mad, and for me, I found it really hard to get off. A lot of people do, and it's weird because I recommend that stuff, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I'll give it a go," and nobody. Nobody does, and they're still smoking. I'm like, <laughs> I told you. I don't know if you had this as well, but the funny thing is when you stop smoking, how much time you have, like spare time. Yeah. That was the first thing that shocked me. I was like, okay, so I quit smoking 30 cigarettes a day. So that meant there were 30 times during the day where I would find time to go outside and have a cigarette. And when yeah. that's gone, it's weird. I just, I remember sometimes I, I was living on my own at the time and I was just like standing in the lounge room. Yeah, just staring at the wall, just just doing nothing. That's one of the weirdest things when when you when you give it up, eh? Totally, yeah, yeah. You just find yourself staring at your phone a lot more, or fidgeting, or yeah. There's not many people I get to talk to about smoking. No one's smoking these days. Everyone's vaping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I'm sure there's going to be a bit of a fallout from that. And I reckon if vaping was around then, or it was as popular as it is now, I reckon that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, just substitute it with another thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So you're in the inner west. Yep, yeah, in Maribyrnong. So is that where all the all the band is? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Josh has like recently moved to Clavelli, so on the oh, that's Ladi Da. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, he's over there, but yeah, the rest of us are all over this. So. How are you guys doing your demos? Uh, so basically, Jamil and I all like meet up on Friday and just basically throw dumb idea, like dumb riffs at each other and stuff, and then 
just try and shit out a basic structure for a whole song and then we'll send it to Josh and Josh will have a crack at throwing some melodies and lyrics and then we'll record him and then throw it to Woody and he can do whatever he wants over the top. Yeah, well, it comes out pretty magic. So, you know, the stuff that's already up and released, most of that done in the studio or or, or at your homes? Uh, all that stuff released was all done with Stevie Knight from oh, okay. yeah 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 so he produced everything but yeah they all started off as demos just in our office it's crazy how you know I, I remember when I first started writing songs like I had like an eight track and everything was so difficult oh totally, you could yeah. write a song on an acoustic and stuff but just to record a demo was the biggest pain in the ass and I blame that on like I, I didn't like release music for a long time and I because yeah. I just didn't understand how to do any of that and the studio is so expensive but just to get a demo together was pretty hard work i felt totally yeah yeah compared to now like yeah you can buy like an interface for under 200 bucks and just use a line in like fuck (laughs) it's so easy i know i i I use logic i don't know what you use but yeah um, yeah 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 we use logic as well piece of cake yeah it's like it's the best of them like if you if you're under i feel like Pro Tools seems to be like the big daddy for anyone that's a producer kind of thing. Yeah. You know, your Ableton's, that's great for producers as well. But Logic, it's just built for musicians, I feel. Like yeah. it's just a lot more of a logical flow. Hey, fuck, I wonder what Logic <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but writing your song specifically like from start to finish, I don't think you can beat Logic. It's just. It's... No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like I'll just sing a verse and a chorus or something and record that, and then I'll just like, cut and drag that chorus, yeah, and drag, yeah, you know. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, you got this song, and it's like, and and yeah. like I'll, I'll show it to someone, and they'll be like, "How did you do that in that time?" Yeah, pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. You sound like yeah. a wanker doing that. I, 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 I'm like, oh, it's pretty easy, and they're like, oh, well, really? Yeah, I'm just really fucking talented. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good. It's uh, it's a really, really, really easy to um. To record and i fucking love it um yeah totally oh we're both engaged now that's something oh new. yeah congratulations yeah you too mate right back at you thank you um so we got engaged well you and i didn't um but we both got engaged <laughs> <laughs> separately but it was pretty close to each other yeah how did you do it if you don't mind me asking yeah so i um took my partner Courtney to like we're supposed to go to the botanic gardens I just said I was taking for a picnic and then a nice dinner after and of course it started raining so we went up to Mrs Macquarie's chair which you know overlooks the harbour bridge and the house kind of thing we're walking around and I organized a mate to like hide in the bushes and take photos for when I actually did it (laughs) so I'm walking around with my phone in my hand being like where where is this dickhead where is he kind of thing (laughs) Anyway, he keeps on messaging me saying, like, I'm right behind you. I'm like, where? And then, like, I finally catch him, like, hide behind a tree. I'm like, you're way too good at this, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Anyway, so, yeah, like, I dropped to her knee, like, threw the coals back with the picnic, you know, gave her the ring and stuff, and she said yes. And then I'm like, oh, there's Dario. And then, you know, Dario's like, <laughs> oh, that's that's sweet. That is a good one. So you had the ring in a bag, did you? I just had it in my pocket. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, I had the same thing, but it's so big. Did Dude. you have the box? Yeah, the box. Yeah. Well, how did how did she not know? Oh, it must have been the only day she didn't like look at that area of me, like <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it was very fucking obvious. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. see, I um, I, I wear like tighter jeans. I put this thing in and it was like. This is junk bullshit. This massive bulge, and she knows that's not true. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I sort of pretended that, what did we do? Yeah, I took her to where we met. Yeah. We got out of the car, and then I ret- I said, oh, i got to grab something from the car. I forgot my phone. And then I went back, and I grabbed it and put it in my pocket. I remember just looking down going, no. Nah. Surely, but she she reckons she didn't know. She had no idea. So yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Is that a part of plans this year, next year? You're not sure when you. Yeah, so that'll be early next year. We'll do that. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so she's a special effects makeup artist, like a very busy person as well. So she's away a lot and has a lot of work lined up this year. So yeah, we'll just spend the rest of this year saving as much as possible, and yeah, do the old wedding thing uh, early next year. Beautiful. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. How about yourself? We're actually thinking about doing it later this year. Yeah. Hectic. It is hectic. It's very yeah. hectic. Yeah. Powering on. <laughs> it's, man, because I, I was lucky to have three weeks off and I proposed on Christmas Eve. So the whole um of Christmas, the only thing that was spoken about was wedding. Yeah. Perfect. You know, it's exciting. But uh, that's all we spoke about. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Hey, uh, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, Oh, thanks for having me, Sean. No worries. I'm keen to, uh, you know, see what Seams is doing, what uh, Thanks is doing this year. Uh, It's going to be new music, a new record as well. So it's it's pretty exciting stuff. And uh, continue to be smoke-free. Yeah, yeah, can do. There he is, Sam Schumach from the band Fangs. He's the guitarist. He absolutely shreds. He's a good fella. And uh, thank you so much, Sam, for jumping on the podcast. We'll get you back when that album drops um, later this year or early next year. That will be sick. Um, It is time for this. Yeah, this is the part of the show where you can write on in. It's called Letters. If you want to write a letter, go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters like Kanga Kanga Kanga. I'm sure that's not your name, but uh, you are listening. <laughs> it's about the Kiss Chasey episode. Geez, that was a popular one. I'm going to have to get Darren back on, I reckon, um, if it's going to be this popular. Uh, Kanga 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 says, Kiss Chasey was one of my favourite bands as a kid. This is so good. Keep it up. Okay. Thank you, Kanga, um, if that is your real name. Uh, Matt also wrote in. He says, every interview you've done is unique and all these stories and perspectives are insightful as F. Glad you're doing it. As I've said, huge fan, brother. It melts my heart. Thank you so much, Matt. <laughs> Matt also went on to uh, to request someone to interview as well, and I totally agree with this one. If you want me to request an artist, go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash request, and uh, I'll try and get someone on. And they don't have to just be an artist. They can be someone in the industry like this guy, the producer extraordinaire, John Feldman. He's also the singer of Goldfinger. Um, Matt says, can you track him down? I will do my best. I know he's a very busy man. He's probably one of the busiest producers in America, but I will send him a message. That's what I do. That's what the request is all about. Um, If you want to come and see me play live, I'm going to be playing solo at the Wicko Hotel, which is the Wickham Hotel in Newcastle. That is this Friday night. 
Uh, I think it kicks off at 7.30. I'm going to be playing a 45-minute set of originals. I'll probably play a lot of my solo stuff. Might even get a Ritzy Kids song in there as well. So that is this Friday. Supporting a band called Whiteford, who were also on a show recently with me when we played with Reese Maston at Crowbar. So that was a bit of fun. If you want to see me in action this Friday, 8 o'clock, Wicko Hotel. It will be great to see you there. If not, I'll have your ears next Wednesday. We'll have someone else from the industry on the Street Press podcast. Until then, ta-da. Ta-da.